Get Talking is a series of podcasts produced by the team at Get Mentally Healthy. This is an organisation set up to educate and open up discussions around mental health issues in the workplace. Our aim is to help companies improve well-being for their employees. If you've got a problem that makes you scream and shout, maybe there's another way to work it out. Take a breath in and let it out. Get Talking. Hello and welcome to Get Mentally Healthy's first ever podcast, which is quite exciting for us, especially given the circumstances we've faced in the last couple of months. We do hope you are all staying safe and well. I'm Jason Welch. Um, I founded Get Mentally Healthy just over 12 months after I personally had a breakdown and had to take a step back. I, I used the time to kind of really understand my more about my physical and my mental well-being. This was after spending 20 years working in corporates. Uh, I had various different leadership roles. I had a good understanding of their cultures, some of their challenges, especially what the the employees face on a day-to-day basis. And as I mentioned earlier, I've seen firsthand the impact on mental health, not only the impact it had on me, but also the knock-on effects that had on my family. You know, in my case, my wife, our four children, uh, both our sets of parents and also my brother. So that's why I find myself here today. I'd also like to introduce Christine, uh, who is my business partner at Get Mentally Healthy. But perhaps, uh, Christine, it's probably better if you introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about yourself. Yeah. Hi, Jason. Um, I'm Christine Halstains. I'm a psychologist uh, chartered in the UK and registered in France, where I live and have worked for the past 15 years. Um, I've many years of experience helping people overcome anxiety and, and psychological problems. Um, on a personal note, I'm married with a family. I live in the French countryside. Uh, we have sheep and chickens and cats and a dog. Um, I love walking in the mountains. I love singing, but not at the same time. And I'm currently <laughs> trying to learn the bass guitar. I'm a very big fan of Leonard Cohen and of Lana Del Rey, but I'm not really sure what that says about me. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll comment there, but um, thanks, Christine. <laughs> and now on to today's topic, which is why talking is so important to our mental health. Given the recent events we've kind of all faced, you know, Christine and I got talking and we felt it was important to actually talk about the importance of talking for our mental health as a relevant topic to begin our podcast journey. In today's world, you know, we tend to take speech for granted, uh, and I'm not sure how much we really understand how it all began. So I guess, Christine, a good place to start would be uh, to understand more about why we speak. So my first question to you is, how has speech evolved in humans? Wow, well, okay, that's certainly a big question for this, uh, this first podcast. I'm not really sure how well equipped I am to answer how speech has evolved in humans very accurately, um, but I'll give it a go. I mean, the main reason is that, you know, scientists are still debating this issue. Um, but it's believed that speech probably evolved around 150,000 to 200,000 years ago, at the time that uh, modern Homo sapiens evolved. Um, speech developed alongside art and music and other abstract behaviours. And it's enabled skills to be passed on. So for humans to be able to adapt to their environments, um, unlike other species. Humans have developed intellectually because they have this sophisticated language. I mean, all animals communicate, but they communicate very basic needs such as hunger or, or danger. 
as humans, we communicate ideas. So hang on, let me just get this bit right um, to make sure I've got a good understanding. What you're what you're saying here is uh, speech is developed alongside our need to communicate ideas. Exactly. Yeah. There was a German biologist of Fitch who identified this drive to share thoughts. In fact, there's a very long German name for this, um, but I'm not going to attempt to, to pronounce that right right now. After saying that, I think what you might be more interested in is something called the theory of mind, which, I don't know, you may have already heard of it. No, I'll be honest, I haven't. So, so what's the theory of mind then? Okay, well, put simply, it's the fact that humans understand that other people have thoughts. There's actually an interesting test that's used to identify a developmental stage in children. Um, and if I explain this to you, um, it might still clarify what I'm trying to explain. Um, a child will be shown a scene with two characters. So imagine this, you know, two characters, Sally and Anne. Now, Sally and Anne put a toy in a basket and then Sally leaves the room and Anne hides the toy in a box. She puts the toy somewhere else. Now, children under the age of four to sort of five years would reason when asked that when Sally comes back to the room, she'll look for the toy in the box that is in the new place. Okay, so that's actually quite interesting. Yeah. So this experiment demonstrates that a child assumes that Sally knows what she knows and then will therefore go straight to the box to find the toy. Exactly. It's, it's a developmental stage and it's reached at about four or five, as I said, and it's what differentiates us from other species. So children above that age would know um, that Sally wouldn't look in the toy for the box because she doesn't know the toys in the box. So it's, it's this ability to understand that others have thoughts, they have feelings, they have ideas, and these may be different to, to our own. Yeah, I guess that that's what's going to push us to communicate because we know that others are not necessarily thinking the same thing that we are. Exactly, yeah. Um, one of the very important ways that we do this is through speech. So we've established speech is important, but what does it have to do with our mental health? Well, it allows us to communicate our needs. So let's let's think about the baby at birth. Okay, adults are listening out, aren't they, for that first cry to know the baby is well. They're really happy when they hear that that first cry. However, babies continue to communicate their needs to us by crying, but it's to sort of signal hunger or pain or you know discomfort of some sort. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess as a father of four, I can certainly remember hoping to kind of hear that first cry but um it wasn't too long i was going to say a few days but i think it's probably more a day i remember longing for the sign that they were actually sleeping yeah, i know i remember that too i remember that horrible you know in the middle of the night you're fast asleep and you hear that crying and just want to get back yeah. under the duvet again you know um it's your but... turn it's your turn <laughs> anyway let okay so forget the babies now it doesn't end does it um, even as adults, we, we have to communicate our needs. You know, if we want our needs met, we must communicate what those needs are. But there's another point here that I want to make, and that is, you know, that talking, the hearing of a voice 
of another is actually soothing. And again, okay, I will go back to the babies, the babies and children. When we have young uh, babies and children, we do talk and, and we sing to them. It's it's soothing. And and even as adults, we like that reassurance of comforting words that's spoken to us in, in a comforting tone of voice. Actually, in, in my own clinical practice, I've noticed that my clients, they often report feeling better after just one session, you know, just, just talking for, for one session and being heard and listened to. I actually did some research during my, um, it's a long time ago, but during my master's uh, degree that looked at the effects of a single session. It was an assessment session of therapy. And the results were interesting because they found a positive effect, even though it was only an assessment. I mean, the actual therapy hadn't you know, begun properly, but it seems that just talking to someone, being listened to, you know, being understood, by somebody and being spoken back to in a comforting way, it was enough to bring about really positive effects. Hang on, let me just recap there. What you're saying is that talking helps us to get what we want, but it also brings us comfort and reassuring. Yeah. And this is because to hear a voice is is soothing? Yes. Well, unless you're being shouted at, of course. But I suppose what I mean is that we use the human voice to comfort, to soothe. In a more general sense, I suppose what I'm really talking about and what we're referring to here are conversations that people have. You know, it's both talking and listening that are important. But, you know, the the topic of this podcast and what we're focusing on here is the talking. There's some interesting research, uh, actually, from Harvard University that's looked at self-disclosure. And it seems that, that people really do like to talk about themselves. And some earlier research had analysed the content of conversations um, that indicated that around 60% of that content involved people talking about themselves. Now, the research team at Harvard tried to identify we, why, sorry, why people like doing this so much. So through some clever experiments using MRI scans and, and such like, and they observed that during this self-disclosure, participants showed really high levels of activation in parts of the brain that are typically associated with reward and, and pleasurable feelings. Wow. So, so talking about oneself is good. Yes. Uh, well, all of us have met that annoying person who only <laughs> talks about themselves. And I'll just jump in there. It, just in case any of my friends and family are listening, I, I know I can be that annoying person. <laughs> well, I'm sure that we've all been guilty of that. But what we've got to recognise is that other people like talking about themselves too. So so it's give and take, isn't it? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that, yeah. Another thing is that, that talking actually allows social bonding. Um, this has been very helpful from a survival perspective. I mean, think about, you know, today with the sort of COVID-19 problem. Um, the authorities have had to communicate to us how to stay safe. But it's also helpful to personal growth because, you know, when we're talking, we receive feedback. So, in fact, humans are wired to talk because it's really adaptive. And at the same time, it's become pleasurable. It's in our genes. So it's clear we need to talk. We should encourage it. It helps our physical and our mental health. And is also part of our personal development, but it's also kind of part of our DNA. So with all that said, why do we still not like to talk about our mental health? Well, fear. You know, there remains, I mean, it's unfortunate, but there remains a stigma around mental health issues. 
And that stigma creates fear. And, and it's normal that, you know, when we're afraid of something, we're, we're going to avoid it. Yeah, I guess I still struggle with that to understand it, to comprehend it, especially in this day and age when, you know, we're inundated with social media and the relentless communication. It just seems a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, well, I think it's because people often, um, they automatically think of mental illness. You know, when they hear the words mental health, what they compute is mental ill health. And when people think about mental ill health, then, you know, they, they tend to think of locked psychiatric wards and terrible symptoms, you know, like psychosis and so on, when people, you know, might lose touch with reality. But most mental health difficulties, difficulties don't involve these kind of massive personality dif- uh, disturbances or dangerous behaviours. So perhaps we just need to find different words. Um, I mean, I'm hoping that we're going to desensitise to the word mental health or mental ill health in the way that we've desensitized to the word cancer i mean you know i remember my my mother not being able to say the word cancer you know in her days people people would would talk about the c word but you know that that's changed hasn't it that's certainly changed now i guess it's a fear of the unknown um it's it's a lack of knowledge you know i guess from my perspective i think it's clear especially what has been said today, uh, you know, there's still plenty of work that still needs to be done to educate people around around mental health. Absolutely. People need to be educated and encouraged to talk about it. So what can companies do to help their employees and, you know, encourage that dialogue around mental health? Well, firstly, normalise it. We are making progress in society, as we can see in the press and on TV. You know, there's some really famous people out there admitting to having had problems with their psychological health. Mm, Perhaps that's a better term, actually, psychological health. It's really interesting, isn't it, that even then, I mean, I was hesitant to say mental health in that context. I'm thinking about people like Prince Harry, Adele, Zayn Malik, J.K. Rowling. These people have all talked quite openly about their struggles with with anxiety and depression. But I believe that at work, there is a fear of admitting to this. It's a fear of being seen as weak or incompetent and a fear ultimately of losing one's job. So the more that people in higher management can open up and discuss their struggles, and I'm pretty certain that there's plenty of managers out there who have struggled themselves the easier it will be for their employees to open up. We have to create an environment where where people are confident that they will not be discriminated against. That's quite valuable, I guess. So it's about the company's leadership setting the right environment, leading by example, you know, and seeing whether they can get some of their team to stand up and share some honest truth about their own struggles, perhaps, you know, making it real, showing a level of of vulnerability even to, to help build trust And then I'm guessing, you know, it's going to help encourage others to to have some open dialogue around the the topic of mental health. I I guess from my side, I would also add it's it's about listening. I think it's also through my own experience trying to create some sort of kind of culture where where people can approach their managers without any kind of fear of judgment, you know, just kind of guaranteed support. I would also say that, you know, for many companies, that's going to be quite a big step for them to take. 
but but I am aware of um, several out there that have already started realizing the importance of focusing on these areas with it with their employees. So, Christine, I think it's uh, pretty much all we've got time for today. But before we end, I do want to ask you one last question. So we've talked about the importance of talking for our mental health. But could you give our listeners three top tips to help them stay mentally healthy? Yeah. Okay. Um, three top tips. I think we're going to need a little jingle there, uh, Jason. Jason's <laughs> jingle. <laughs> I don't know. Seriously. Um, right. So the first one that comes to my mind immediately is exercise. Move around regularly and on a daily basis, even if it's just a short walk um, in your lunch break, whatever, um, or a little bit of gardening when, when you get home. Exercise is important. It releases endorphins. And that's a natural antidepressant. Secondly, practice good sleep hygiene. And what I mean by that is going to bed and getting up at similar times each day, you know, regular um, times. No caffeine from mid-afternoon. Uh, just setting a, a good routine. And finally, uh, number three, if you drink alcohol, then keep within recommended limits and try and have at least two completely alcohol-free days in a week. Brilliant. Thank you. Three good top tips there. Um, ones that I also try and keep to, so thanks very much for that. And thanks again for your time and, and sharing your knowledge today. It's um, been an absolute pleasure talking to you, and I'm sure our listeners will have enjoyed the conversation. Oh, you're welcome, and um, thanks for giving me the opportunity. I've enjoyed uh, talking about talking. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. Please do get in touch and let us know your comments on today's conversation and also what topics you'd like to hear us discuss in the future. If you'd like to know more about Get Mentally Healthy, please visit our website, www.getmentallyhealthy.com. We also use the website to publish any show notes and you can also learn more about our services. Once again, thanks for listening. Get talking.